We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the week 16 edition of the Pro Football Focus Show here on Roto-Grinders. Uh, we're back, right? You maybe missed us last week. I was off uh, getting married, doing some adulting, and uh, back with a vengeance, ready to pick up uh, the NFL this week. Uh, here with my man, Daniel Kelly from PFF. Uh, Daniel, before we get into football, man, uh, I need some advice, right? Uh, newly married over here, you're doing the whole thing. You've got kids and all that stuff. Well, what's the best advice you got for me or the other listeners? Out there? Well, first, what I can tell you is don't have twins <laughs> yes. down the road, but don't do it. <laughs> Uh, for marriage stuff, all I can say is uh, they always say happy wife, happy life, but I prefer happy spouse, happy house. You got to be happy too. As long as everybody's happy, mm-hmm. everybody's happy. That's how it works. So yeah, that's uh, that's a good twins. Yeah, a good hat tip to you, my my friend. I guess oh, I'll tell you what. You just want one, two come out, right? Then your whole I, world flips upside down. I, I told her, I said, I just want to have a kid. And we decided we'd have a kid. And then we did not have a kid. We had kids. And I love them. They're wonderful. And oh my God, don't do it. <laughs> Uh, all right. So uh, after the marriage advice, I'm glad to be back here. I sort of missed, uh, you know, I wasn't allowed. I maybe not allowed. I was nice enough, right? I put DFS down. I didn't really pay any attention to it while I was gone uh, on, on like our little wedding week. But uh, I'm back with a vengeance, ready to have some fun. Um, but Dan- Daniel, I need to know what what happened last week. We got Scott's article here from Pro Football Focus Up. Uh, a couple of guys we want to talk about here. AJ Brown. Terry McLaurin, uh, what's been dug, dug up on these two dudes? These rookies look like they're going to be legit. Well, yeah, early on in the year, A.J. Brown had his his few fits and starts where he's having those big games, but it was it was all efficiency. He was getting, you know, five targets, taking two for 100 yards, and that's great. You love that, but that's not something you can count on. Well, lately it's turned around. He's seeing, he's seeing the efficiency still like crazy. He has the second highest yards per route run of any rookie in a decade. He's third in rounds, yards per route run across the league this year. But he, he's getting the targets too. He's at I think he's at uh, six plus targets for the last five games, something like that. His tar- his uh, quantity is now meeting the quality. Put those together, and we actually have a bona fide fantasy option on our hands. Yeah, get rid of Marcus Mariota and Ryan Tannehill, who was uh, had had this uh, late season resurgence. 
Uh, you know, you get him giving them actual good targets, and A.J. Brown looks sort of like the receiver he did in college, sort of like a, a pretty unstoppable force. We'll have to see how he progresses through his NFL career. Uh, the other guys, Terry McLaurin, uh, both these guys I think are in play this week in DFS. Uh, McLaurin, what do you got on him? Well, he is right now just under one-third of the uh, Washington yardage for the year. He's at 33.2%. That would be the rookie record across the PFF era, which is the last, basically the last decade. The previous record was Mike Evans in 2014 at 31.9%. Now, part of that is, of course, the Washington offense is god-awful. But still, McLaurin is the guy in this offense. You're going to be going to him, and it's working. He had a little lull in the middle, but he's come back the last couple of weeks. Yeah, Haskins starting to get a little bit more comfortable. A good matchup this week. Uh, we'll talk about those guys as we progress through the show. Uh, what we want to do, we're going to talk a little Saturday. We're going to mix it in with all the other stuff. So there's no Thursday sort of segment today. Uh, but I want to go to the bets here. And, you know, I was talking to you pre-show. The lines move on these so fast. You got to, if you want to get, uh, you know, if you think you're sharp and you want to get action in on, on the good side of a line, you've got to bet these things Monday, Tuesday. We're doing this Wednesday. Uh, I was looking at a couple of these. One of my favorite ones of the week was the under in the Steelers game. Um, I looked at it last night. It was 38 and a half. I'm like, perfect, right? I go to write it up this morning. It's at 37 and a half. I'm like, eh, it's okay. I pull up green line. It's already down to 37. The sharp action's coming in all over this. If you can get it, I still think 37 is pretty good. But, I mean, the Pittsburgh defense is legitimate. They're one of the best defenses in the league. Their offense can't score at all. I'm not sold on anything going on on the Jets' side of the ball, too. Le'Veon Bell revenge. I don't even know if he's gonna. it's going to be possible for him to get any revenge against the Steelers. I wanted the under. The lines moved really good um, towards the under, but I still think yeah, there's there's just a little bit of uh, a juice left. So uh, this is probably my favorite bet. Much, much more uh, like this at 38.5 when I was looking at it on Tuesday. Well, I think you asked me a question, but you broke up, so I'm just going to talk. Cause oh, all right. Is... <laughs> um, I do like the under in that game. I don't know if they can make it low enough. But at the same time, that Jets plus three line, I just don't see how Pittsburgh can score. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did just see the the Jets sign Kenneth Dixon straight to their active roster, which makes me wonder a little about Le'Veon Bell's health. But either way, I just I don't see the Steelers being able to score enough to cover a spread. So I'm going to go with the under and the Jets to cover in this one. Yeah, another game you like too. Uh, you you want to like you know parlay the under in this one with that Bills game. You Absolutely. like the Buff- you like the Buffalo six and a half side too. Simply like you just can't these get they're not going to score any points. So you just take the team getting the points because there's just not going to be any points scored in the game. Yeah. We haven't seen the Patriots offense do much in a, in a month now, so I just yeah. I don't know how they can cover a six and a half point spread against anybody. I, you know, the the Bills might not score many points either, but you know, if the final score is ten seven, the Bills the Bills covered, so we're fine with that. Yeah, and then the Tom Brady noodle arm, he's had trouble with that elbow, I think, for several weeks now. He can't throw Julian Edelman. He isn't healthy. Who's actually going to catch the passes? So, yeah, I like Buffalo. I'm not expecting Buffalo to really have a, a big scoring game, but almost a touchdown. It is a road underdog. Um, but, yeah, I think there, there's just not going to be many points scored in that game. So taking the team, getting the points, I think is pretty smart. Uh, moving it to a, a couple of other games I was interested in, uh, this over on the Redskins game. Uh, so it's 42 and a half against the Giants. And uh, I don't know. We just talked about Terry McLaurin. I like offense in this game. It's it's down to 41. So maybe maybe there's some weather I'm not, uh, you know, uh, that might be coming that I don't know about. But if it's down to 41 now, uh, you know, Daniel Jones is coming back. I think he's an upgrade over Eli. He's got legitimate targets all over the field. Saquon's back. Uh, the Redskins, Haskins looking good. He's got, uh, well, maybe one real target. But there's enough guys to spread the ball around. AP's going to do his thing. Uh, this looks like a clear over to me. I, I just don't think there's going to be much defense in this game. 
Yeah, it's hard for me to not see a way they score a lot of points in this. It, it might not be pretty. It might not be fun. Jones might have two fumbles and two interceptions, but those can lead to points too. I, th- I think the over is a good call here. Yeah, I like that one. And then the other one is uh, I just think Arizona, they're plus 10. I think it has come down a little bit here. Let me pull up and see what the most recent line is. I, but, I saw yeah, it at nine and a half. Yeah, it's nine and a half. Uh, I'll still take that one. I like the 10. Uh, that's you know one of the key numbers here, but I'll still take the nine and a half. I just think their offense is good enough. The Seattle defense is bad enough. Uh, I got to make sure Christian Kirk plays. Uh, he sort of played through the injury tag. Last week, he's sort of doing the same thing this week. But I think Kyler Murray's good enough. Kenyon Drake's looking good. Uh, I just think the Cardinals are, are going to be competitive enough to, to cover that. I, I like that 10, but 9.5 still sounds good. I don't love that one as much. I can see Seattle just coming out and having that one seat in their sights and rolling over mm-hmm. them. Arizona's been so inconsistent. All right. Well, we disagree. What are we, we, we agree on four and disagree on one. I, I guess That's a nice I, ratio. Yeah, I'll, I'll take that. If we go four and one combined, hey, uh, we're, uh, how do we do it, right? How do we do it? Uh, <laughs> all right. Let's go to quarterbacks. We're going to mix in some uh, plays from Saturday as well on here. I guess we'll, we'll start off on this one. Just a, a take from you at each position on something about the Saturday games here. So, so what do you got for me uh, on this early slate? It's a three-game slate. DraftKings is a million-dollar tournament. A lot of people are going to be playing this. And it's some interesting games. You know, we've, we like the, the Thanksgiving slate had a bunch of crap teams plus New Orleans. This one is a very interesting slate. But I just want to talk a little about Josh Allen, who, you know, we always talk about how high a floor he has and his, his rushing makes him fantasy relevant regardless. And that is absolutely true when he's not playing New England. Uh, he's played 20 games since he came back from injury last year. And his worst and third worst games in that time were the two games against the Patriots. He has scored a total of 10 or an average of 10.2 points against the Patriots, 21.5 against everybody else. You just, I, I know we see his rushing. We think he has a high floor. I would not even come close to touching him this week. Yeah, just, uh, he, you know, he's the goal line backslash quarterback, but that Patriots defense, it's still pretty good. They're at home and they know they have to play defense because I think they realize Tom Brady might be on his last legs, at least for this season. Maybe uh, his down performance is a little bit injury related. Uh, yeah, Josh Allen, Tom Brady, I'm not really interested in that. The The question is, right, Daniel, how do we differentiate? Because everyone's going to be playing uh, Watson. Everyone's going to be playing, um, oh, my goodness, Jameis. Jameis, Jameis Winston, even though he doesn't really have any receivers. We can't really use any other quarterbacks this week. The, the ownership on those two is going to be so high. Do you see anything from that Rams game worth worth using? You could talk me into a situation where you could use golf as a contrarian sort of thing just because the 49ers have actually let up a lot of, of uh, passing production in the last couple of weeks. It's It would mostly be contrarian. It mostly would just be to pivot off those big high-owned guys. But I can see the argument for it. All right. Let's uh, talk a little bit about Sunday. I'm going to start. Uh, I want to talk about Kyler Murray. Right? I mentioned I like that Cardinals plus 10, plus 9.5. Well, part of that's because I like Kyler Murray, who uh, you know a lot of people used him last week apparently. I was gone. Um, but he, he was the, the talk of the town, and he would have had a nice game if Kenyon Drake didn't steal all four of his touchdowns. So I think Kyler can have a pretty reasonable game here. Uh, Seattle's allowing the fourth most passing yards in the year, the sixth highest pass success rate, and uh, looking at the PFF uh, pass rush grades, right, they can't really get any pass rush. I know Arizona, that's one of their faults. Um, they're 29th in pass rush grade on the season over at PFF, uh, and they're, uh, let's see, they're the second lowest pressure percent and sack rate on the season. So I think Kyler Murray's going to have some time. If he has some time, too, he can scramble. Uh, I just think Kyler Murray's in, in store for a pretty good game. I like Seattle to put up points, too, right? So I think he's going to have to pass as the, you know, maybe in the fourth quarter, get some extra yards, maybe a garbage touchdown or something like that. 
Um, but Kyler Murray looks pretty good to me. I know we've got Lamar Jackson. We've got a couple other expensive quarterbacks. We've got Russell Wilson, and there's some other guys you can mix in there. But, uh, you know, going down to Kyler Murray uh, to save a couple of bucks off the high-end names looks pretty good to me, Dan. I like him as a tournament play, not as much in cash. Uh, he's He's been so boo and bust this year. This past game, first time all year he's had exactly one touchdown pass. It's all been zero or multiple. And it's that 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 high range of outcome is just – it scares me a little for cash games. But tournaments, I think there's a lot of upside there. Yeah, he's running um, – the, the running quarterbacks are like the, the statue of Phillip Rivers, right? You just can't really use those guys in tournaments anymore. you got to use quarterbacks that are a little mobile – and uh, I think you want to talk about maybe the, the the most mobile quarterback of them all here on Lamar Jackson. Yeah, it's, I mean, it, Eight, it feels so 8K. boring to say. 8K on DraftKings. I don't know if you saw that price. He's expensive. I did. I did. He's expensive, and that's that's the, the down mark. But, I mean, if ever there were time for him to come out for revenge, one of their two losses, that crazy loss against the Browns, he still threw for three touchdowns for 66 yards against them. They, you know, they're still trying to lock up that one seed. Yeah, I don't, I'm not going to touch him in week 17 because I assume everything will be locked up then. But I think one last time we're going to see a big game out of him this week, and I, I'm all for it. Yeah, if the Patriots lose, I think they lock up – there's something that the 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 one seed or maybe the Chiefs can still catch them. I, I, I think I think they lock up a bye, but they don't lock up the one yet. I think yeah, they still have so they, the they, Chiefs to lose. It's going to be all hands on deck is kind of what I was going to get to for for the Ravens this week. So I wouldn't expect anybody to sit if they win this game. They have the one seed. They're going to be going all out. That eight K price tag. Is, I mean, we got a quarterback that's half price of that. Basically, we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, but the 8K price tag, DraftKings said no more. $7,400 Lamar Jackson getting 35 fantasy points every week. They really <laughs> j- they jacked the price up. 8K is a lot for a quarterback, but you can make that work. We got some value at running back that's going to appear for sure. Um, so so keep your eye on him. Uh, I want to talk uh, – I got another running quarterback. Uh, I mentioned I like the over in that Redskins game. Now, Stephen A. Smith, it's not Dan, it's not uh, Dwayne Haskins, right? The most uh, the mobile quarterback that Stephen yeah. A. Smith saw, thought he was. Uh, I'm talking about Danny Dimes. He can run a little bit. It's looking like he's going to be back. Good targets all over the field. Saquon's there. Uh, I worry a little bit. Uh, the Redskins' pass rush is pretty legit, but they're 22nd in coverage grade at PFF, the eighth highest expected points added uh, on pass plays allowed, according to our Gridiron IQ tool here at Roto-Grinders. And I just think Danny Dimes – he has this ceiling ability. We've seen he can give you 13 or 14 DraftKings points, but he's dropped 30-plus multiple times this season. And I know they still don't have Evan Ingram, but like there's plenty of ways for him to get it done. And uh, I really think the whole key is going to be Saquon looks back, and I think the offense should hum against Washington. Yeah, it's, it, his uh, his boo and bust games have been very predictable this year. It's if he plays against a team that has a good pass coverage, he struggles every time. And you you, you if, he, if he plays against a good one, or if he plays against a good pass coverage, struggles. Bad pass, cover, pass coverage succeeds. That's pretty much it. And Washington has a bad one, so I, I can see I can see him having a big old game this week. Yeah, I like him. You got a couple other value quarterbacks here. Uh, we got Fitz, and let's hash out Will Greer. Uh, not a, not a very good PFF graded quarterback in the preseason. I believe I saw some tweets. He was the actual worst graded preseason quarterback, but, uh, I don't know what they They need some evaluation. They're just, I think they're just going to let him come in and chuck the ball. So I think he's pretty interesting at 4,300. Yeah. He's, I mean, 4,300 is the main selling point yeah. here. You know, the Colts defense has fallen apart lately. They've allowed the, the most fantasy points to receivers the last two weeks. So you got to imagine Greer has a chance to take advantage of that. Our Scott Barrett absolutely loved Greer coming into the league. That's uh, obviously gone away a lot because Greer took three months to oust Kyle Allen from the job, but 
everything that was there about him before still is there. We could see it. I'm not sold by any means, but at 4,300, you can afford to spend up a lot elsewhere and it makes him interesting. Yeah. You get two, 200 and a touchdown, right? It's not, that's a horrible game for a quarterback and he's almost at three X. So that, that would give you 12 DraftKings points. Now, if he gets uh, a couple of running yards, let's say he gets two touchdowns or 225, right? There's a lot of ways for him to get there, even with a, a, you know, a mid-teen score because now you're able to jam in Michael Thomas and Christian McCaffrey and Saquon and all that, and it's it's really interesting for for lineup construction this week. So I think he's in play. Uh, if you, if you don't want to go that deep, uh, can I interest you in Fitzmagic? This is this is a very interesting game, right? Both these teams, I think, want to lose. Who wants to lose harder? <laughs> Well, I can absolutely guarantee you Ryan Fitzpatrick never wants to lose because yes, we I love agree. Ryan Fitzpatrick. He's put up 20-plus in three of his last four, five of his last seven, six of his last nine. Dude has actually had a genuinely good season. They're the favorites, but they're only by one in a game that we could actually see a fair amount of points scored. I, I And, he, you know, we, we talked about the rushing. He rushes more than you expect. He's actually the Dolphins' leading rusher this year, which is hilarious. And it's just that I, I think he's got crazy upside for the Bryce. Uh, yeah, I can definitely get behind Fitzpatrick, and I I agree. The the thing, if the Dolphins win, like they're they're have a very good chance of the two seed if they lose or the the number two pick, but they they can drop really fast in the draft if they happen to win this game. So it's it's interesting. The players are going to want to win. They still have to put out good tape, and you mentioned Ryan Fitzpatrick certainly wants to win, and and I would tend to agree with that. So I think he's very much in play. Uh, you. Uh, you know, we talked about Will Greer. I want to talk a little bit about Russ Wilson too. So he's a thousand less than uh, we got Lamar Jackson out there, but I, I think you could probably use him. I think I'd still prefer Lamar Jackson. I think he's extremely safe. And and there's ways you mentioned Seattle, right? Can go out and just completely crush Arizona. Um, but I pulled these uh, again. I didn't pull these. I found these on Twitter. I wish I put the name in my copy paste that I have here, but. Uh, <laughs> Uh, so this is the Arizona defense. They've allowed the most passing touchdowns, the most passing yards, and the fourth most rushing yards to quarterbacks. If I think Arizona can keep this game reasonably competitive, I think Russ might have to throw. Tyler Lockett's going to go nuts. Jacob Hollister is going to score at least three touchdowns. Uh, I've, I've seen a chart on the internet that says that. So I think we can play Russ pretty easily. Um, you can stack them with Lockett. DK's a little cheaper. You got Hollister. You can play Carson in the stack, too. It's it's really easy to to figure out which players you want to play with. Yeah, the stacking options, really. Yeah, you're right about that. My problem with Russ is that he's only been a top 10 quarterback twice in the last nine weeks. Since week, since week seven, he has only two top 10 finishes. He has uh, th- uh, five finishes lower than 15. So he's been surprisingly boomer bust for who he is, and that makes me a little worried. All right. And speaking of bust, uh, the point chasers, you say no to Drew Brees. Now, I like Michael Thomas, but you're telling me not to play Drew Brees? It's just, I mean, he's on the road now. We know he has those home road splits. He's going to be crazy popular after how good that game was in the prime time where he was the only thing on site. So I just, he's, the the Titans have only allowed 16.7 points per game to quarterbacks over the last four games. He worries me a little bit. I don't, I I still think he's going to be good because he's Drew Brees, but I just don't think he's got that crazy ceiling this week. All right, let's uh, let's move to running backs, and uh, I guess we can start real quick here on the Saturday games. And you want to bring up a good point on Duke Johnson. Uh, Carlos Hyde still didn't practice, uh, I think, on Wednesday as we were recording this. Uh, the pass catching backs work pretty good. You don't really run on Tampa Bay, and I mean, if Bill O'Brien's a smart coach, you you got to think he could. Under, you know, if we can come up with these things, looking at PFF and looking at Gridiron IQ, right? Like we're not geniuses. You got to think an NFL head coach would understand. 
maybe you want to get Duke Johnson the football. Yeah, I mean, it's the the nice thing that DraftKings does is you're looking at the things and it gives you the little green or red, you know, this is a good matchup, bad mm-hmm. matchup. You look at Houston against Tampa Bay and it says, bad matchup, don't do it. Running back's terrible. Except that's not altogether true for a pass-catching running back. You know, they have allowed the fewest rushing yards per game, but they actually have the 12th most receptions per game to running backs. It's PPR scoring. He's priced down to 4,100. I just, I, I think he's a sneaky option this week. Yeah, the ownership on him looks like he's going to be in about a quarter of the lineups. Uh, we've got our Thursday ownership, or not Thursday, Saturday ownership up for that. And the, the running back group as a whole is, I mean, it leaves a lot to be desired, right? Todd Gurley against San Francisco. Gurley's going to be playing a lot of snaps. I could still see you play him. Uh, you got Raheem Mustart uh, going up against the Rams. <laughs> I, actually, I actually like that one after Zeke and, uh, and Tony Pollard went nuts all over him. Um, Mustart. Moster doesn't get all the the volume that you really want, but if he's going to get, you know, 15, 16 touches and it seems like he's getting in the end zone every week, that sounds pretty good. You know, pick a, pick your a name out of a hat of a new England running back. You might want to play. Uh, you got three of them to choose from. Maybe one of them has a good game. I mean, the, the running options are just, they're not great. So I think you could definitely get a little frisky with Duke Johnson. I like that one quite a bit. You could also talk me into, if you really felt like it, Devin Singletary. Mm-hmm. Patriots have been vulnerable to the run a few times. We just saw it last week with Joe Mixon. So I, I don't love taking any offensive weapon against the Patriots, but I'd rather use a running back than a passing game option in that one. So I, I could see a little taste of Singletary. All right, let's go. Uh, I'm going to start off with running back, and uh, I think I'm a little concerned. Uh, I don't know if concerned is the right word. I'm, I'm a little worried about the overall – effectiveness of the Carolina offense this week with Will Greer. We we saw what we have with Josh Allen, and Christian McCaffrey was still able to do everything that he could do. Um, but I don't know. I think the floor is – it's just we don't know what could happen with Will Greer when we already knew what was happening with Kyle Allen. So while uh, I have no problem playing Christian McCaffrey, I'm taking the, the price savings, and I, I really like Saquon this week. He had that high ankle injury, and he just came back way, way, way too early for it. He's a beast, and he wanted to – sort of suit up through it, and the coaching staff let him. Um, but he lo- he finally looked back last week. He was elusive, breaking tackles. Now, it was against Miami, right? Whatever. But, hey, this is against Washington. Same damn thing here. They're 29th in PFF rush defense this year, uh, looking at a whole scale. And I actually had you pull this up. They had the sixth lowest single-game grade on the season last week at PFF. I don't know how many – a lot of games, right, 200-something games so far in, uh, in, in, in the NFL this year and the Redskins just put up the sixth lowest graded run defense game uh, last week. Uh, he was looking healthy. Uh, they're giving up the six most fantasy points to running backs over the last four weeks. They're allowing the highest percentage of pass attempts to running backs in the league as well. That feeds into to his skill set. I just think this is an absolute smash spot for Saquon. Uh, I'm taking the price savings. I know CMC's been amazing, um, but I think Saquon's definitely too cheap this week, Daniel. I can see that. Uh, I'm not as worried about McCaffrey as you are just because I don't see how Greer can be reasonably worse than Kyle Allen has been, and it's, that's not hurt Christian McCaffrey. Uh-huh. But I can totally see the argument for the savings of going to, to Barkley. I don't think there's any problem with that move. All right. Talk to me on, on McCaffrey. Of course, he's like the stud of the week. Yeah. it's you know the, There's two ways this game can go for Carolina. They can toss Greer out there and say, hey, throw the ball a bunch, and we'll see what you can do. And if he's doing that, odds are he's going to be throwing at least some to McCaffrey because, you know, if you're – Imagine if you're in his shoes, throw the ball to this guy who can do everything. Or they say, you're out there because Kyle Allen is so bad we can't keep running him out there. But really all we want to do is have McCaffrey run the ball down their throat. Either way, I just don't see how McCaffrey doesn't get infinity touches in this game. He's going to get so much work. 
it's, I, I think that's pretty much the whole argument. Yeah, I pulled up. Uh, I use the blitz projections as sort of my main thing from Derek Hardy here at Roto Grinders. Um, he's got about a five and a half point lead over the next highest uh, projected running back on the slate so far. So if you're looking for uh, a ton of fantasy points, you can use CMC the ten one. It's a little bit of a discount from what we were getting at ten five earlier in the year. But uh, I don't know. I'm I'm really high on Saquon at eight three, and that looks like uh, someone I'm going to be putting some of my uh, hard earned American dollars on. Uh, I want to let you talk about Joe Mixon. I think we both agree on this. One, of, I think one of the things the Bengals are doing to lose is what's the most effective way to score points in NFL is to pass the ball. And they've decided to lose. They're just going to run the ball all the time (laughs) with Joe Mixon. And this is against Miami. I mean, this is as good as it gets, right? Yeah, they love the most points in the league. And since week 10, Joe Mixon's the number four fantasy running back. He's number two in PFF rushing grade and overall running back grade. So he's actually turned it on lately. People have forgotten about him because his early season was so bad. But he's been totally worthwhile lately. And I don't see any reason why that won't continue here. Yeah, even when they're down, they're still just running the ball because uh, I think that the, the coach has got the memo. You know, they're, they're going for Burrow and they're running the ball. We don't need to see Andy Dalton throw the ball because guess what? He's not throwing the ball for us next year if we get that number one pick. So, uh, yeah, the Mixon, he's 6,600, right? Like if you play Saquon or CMC with Mixon and then you play, uh, let's say, uh, who do we get? We got Jean, or, uh, DeAndre Washington of the Raiders is, is going to be the value play of the week uh, now that Josh Jacobs is ruled out. So you can make all those. Imagine if you play them with Will Greer. You can play Michael Thomas too. I mean, you could just make some really fun teams this week. Um, so, so keep your eye on Mixon. I think he's going to be a key cog uh, in a lot of my teams. Uh, a couple other players I want to talk about. I want to talk about Adrian Peterson with Geis headed to the IR. Uh, old, old man is still strong at the end of the season. He's going up against the Giants. Uh, Giants run is actually halfway decent, eighth in PFF run grade on the year, uh, the third in rushing success rate allowed. But Adrian Peterson don't care about your PFF grades, Daniel. I'm, I'm sorry to tell you that. He's, he's going to get the ball, what, 15 to 20 times, I think, in this game. And if it's close, they're not going to have to go to Chris Thompson or anything like that. He'll catch a couple of balls, too. Not completely dead in PPR. Um, so, yeah, I think AP, what is he? He's at 5K on DraftKings if you're looking in sort of the mid-tier. Uh, seems like a pretty strong play to me. Yeah, I mean, they've, they've been, uh, other than the games guys came back, they've just been feeding him the ball constantly so this whole season as well since Callahan took over. So I don't see why it's going to change now. See, he could be on a roster next year. I, why wouldn't he be? Yeah, I mean, I, he's still yeah, playing good, right? I wouldn't want him to be a featured back, but if you know, as this insurance policy like it was this year, I don't see any reason why not to. Yeah, I think some team. There's a lot of good running backs coming to the league, but I think some, doesn't he have a two year deal? I mean, is he still under contract for next year unless they cut him? Yeah, I don't. I haven't looked at the. I haven't gotten into my best ball mode where I'm looking at all the contracts for next year yet. But that'll be an interesting one to look at. I think he'll be on a. He'll be on a team somewhere for sure. Uh, real quick, DeAndre Washington, Chalk City, currently projected at forty percent ownership in your favorite large field, low buy-in, GPP, anything. He's 4K on DraftKings. Uh, we saw this earlier in the year, 21, 21.6 DraftKings points, 14 rushes, seven targets. He got into the end zone as well. It's against the Chargers. Both these teams have nothing to play for, but uh, you got to think DeAndre Washington should be worth that 4K price tag pretty easy. Yeah, it's hard for me to say, have any argument against him. I made my list for the for our little shared sheet before the news came down, so I didn't have mm-hmm. a chance to add him. But yeah, it's it's all the workload, low price. I, hooray! I don't have much to add to that one. 
All right, give me a couple other value runners. You had our name. Uh, I didn't even realize this guy was possibly returning here. Karrion Johnson, keep your eye out on him. And then you've got what I think is a really sneaky play. Uh, I won't ruin it for everybody here. But what do you, well, what do you, yeah. what do you got on Karrion? First, he's, he's, we don't know for sure if he's coming back this week, but they haven't ruled it out that he's been in practice. They've been talking about bringing him back. So who knows? But if he, I mean, assuming he's available to him, they're not going to play Wes Hills or Bo Scarborough or any of these guys over him if they have a choice. He had 15-plus points per game, or average 15-plus points per game in the four games before his injury. It's it's a long shot. It's obviously a long shot. But he's the, he's, he's cheap. He's got a chance to play this week. And you got to like him. He's still such a good player. And the other one is Devontae Freeman. Playing the Jaguars, that matchup looks great. The Jaguars defense has fallen apart lately. And, you know, it's – they – I mean, they're they're, what are they, seven-point favorites against them? They're going to be running the ball. Yeah, uh, gridiron IQ on Roto-Grinders, right, is lighting up green, and green's good for the offense. It's it's green on the, on the Jacksonville defense. They're allowing the second-most fantasy points to running backs in the season, the first – uh, the, the highest over the past four weeks, you look at some of the rush stuff. Uh, it's like Christmas over here, third in rush yards, fourth in success rate, fifth in expected points added in, 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 uh, EPA allowed uh, on running plays. I mean, Freeman looks really, really sneaky this week. And with, with guys like Deandre Washington and we'll have some money to spend up. He's six K, right? So the price tag's not that great. Uh, he looks super sneaky, so he's someone I'm, I'm certainly going to try to get some exposure to this week. Uh, anything else uh, you, you want to talk down on Zeke? Uh, looking at some projections, Zeke projecting out pretty well. Uh, the Tony Pollard stuff last week, right? That was all in the, the second half when Pollard got a lot of his run. Uh, why are you hating on Zeke so much? I mean, he's fine for cash. He's always going to have his workload. I just worry about his upside for tournaments in a game where you've got to think Dallas is going to come out throwing as much as they can against his Philadelphia defense. We've seen Amari Cooper light up Philadelphia over and over and over. I think it's going to be a big Amari game that could could lead to a little bit of a downtime for Zeke. Hopefully hopefully, uh, Dak's shoulder uh, isn't isn't too hurt in that passing game will come to fruition. There's a lot of what if Something to stay tuned for injury-wise as we roll through the rest of the week. Uh, all right, that's going to about do it for the running backs. I want to jump into Scott's expected fantasy points article, uh, one of the key things on PFF. Uh, if you're ever looking to try to get a, a good read on some fantasy articles, uh, you've got to summarize. You read through all these and make sure all the, the T's are crossed and the I's are dotted and, and all the stats are correct. What do you got for me in here that we can kind of look forward to for this week? Well, the Bears actually have one of the league's best one-two combinations at receiver over the last few weeks. Since Taylor Gabriel got hurt, uh, Allen Robinson has been the number one receiver in expected fantasy points per game. Anthony Miller has been seventh. In terms of actual points, it's third and 11th for those two guys. So it's they've, they're both lightened up. There's nobody else on this offense. Tariq Cohen's not doing anything. Taylor Gabriel's not back. Trey Burton's on IR. So it's just these two guys, and it's really working for this team. I know they're not on the main slate this week, but if you're playing anything that includes Sunday night, I like both of these options. Yeah, you got a nice little note here too. So I, I play like the Saturday through Monday slates, like all the games. Give me every single game. Give me as many opportunities for my opponents to make mistakes here. And uh, there's a note from Scott Miller runs uh, a lot of his routes on the slot. Kansas City's best against outside receivers, the bottom 10 versus slot. So if you're looking for a sneaky play and you can get access to some Anthony Miller uh, take a look at that. Uh, I think that was one of the big standouts for me as well, reading through the article. Uh, what else is in here that you want to you want to – I don't see a flow chart. He's got Jacob Hollister in here. We all knew that. We'll talk about that later. But what else is standing out? 
I just I know everybody's talking about it, so it's not exactly a sneaky talk topic. But I just Tyler Higby so interesting. He has a hundred yards in three straight games. Only tight end do that all year long. Now we don't know for sure if Gerald Everett's out for this week, but assuming he is, as you know, it's it's not a great matchup against San Francisco. But I still love Tyler Higby. Yeah, uh, I think I saw uh, that. Uh, what's his face? Everett was practicing in some form of a limited form. I don't know if he's going to play, but that is. Uh, I don't know how. Do, how do they not just give Tyler Higby the run when he's got three straight hundred yard games? Coaches do stupid things. Who who knows what they're going to do? But uh, I I don't think Everett's going to get his starting gig back. I think I think this is Higby's now. I'd be curious if they just go two tight ends so heavy, and we see They've less cooks, less lot. cup. Yeah. Uh, all right. Let's uh, let's jump back into the position by position and uh, let's go to a wide receivers. There's a, a lot of good ones this week. Actually, a lot of the good ones are actually off the main slate and some of them have even been injured. Uh, what, what do you got for me for the Saturday slate, right? We've got Woods cup cup had a couple weeks ago. He only played a, a real limited amount of snaps last week. He, he kind of jumped back up and snaps there. What are we doing there? Uh, we, we just need all the ownerships going to really concentrate around that Houston Tampa Bay game. We got to try to find somewhere to be different in terms. Yeah. And I, I mean, I'm interested in both, both those two guys. Uh, they, you know, the 49ers have this impression as being this ridiculous defense and it's been a very good defense all year, but the last two weeks, only Indianapolis and Carolina have allowed more fantasy points to receivers since this 49ers team. Part of that was Richard Sherman was out for one of those games and he's expected back. So we'll see, but either way, this is not quite the stout defense that we'd expect for most of the year. They have a lot of injuries. Uh, Woods has is fourth in targets of, uh, per game over weeks 10 through 15, third in our, among receivers, at least nine every single game. So Robert Woods is getting a huge workload. That's, that makes him very appealing to me. Yeah, keep an eye out uh, if you're trying to get a little different on that Saturday slate. Don't just – I mean, we, we all like that Tampa Bay-Houston game, but uh, try to think a little bit outside the box, a three-game slate. Uh, there should be some really big leverage spots, in my opinion, if you're playing the, the tournaments over there. Uh, to the main slate – uh, all right, I, I got to talk Michael Thomas. Uh, so, uh, you know, I mentioned I like to look at the blitz. Uh, you see the number, but Michael Thomas is currently projected almost 10 fantasy points more than the next wide receiver, which basically when that happens, he's just going to get put into every single lineup if, if you go by projection and things like that. And it's really hard to argue against it. Nine of his last 10 games, you've got road games, you've got home games. You've got Teddy Bridgewater, you've got Drew Brees. No, you've got rain, you've got sleet, you've got snow, you've got a dome, you've got good weather, bad weather, it doesn't matter. Nine of his last 10 double-digit targets, you just don't see that. Tennessee's allowing the eighth most passing yards on the season. Uh, and what I really like is there is no there, if Drew Brees even gets breathed on, I'm going to be surprised in this game because the Tennessee gets no pressure and New Orleans gives up no pressure. This is like the absolute breeze is going to have all the time in the world. If you want to take a flyer on a Traquan or a Ted Ginn getting deep on one, I think you can maybe even do that this week. Um, I, I just love Michael Thomas. I know it's outdoors and Drew Brees splits don't look good, but I don't even know if that matters for Michael Thomas. Yeah, I, I said earlier I was down on Breeze, but that doesn't filter down to Thomas at all. I just – I don't know how you – the only reason you wouldn't use him is because he's expensive. But even at that, he's been worth it so many times. Yeah. He almost single-handedly knocked me out of my fantasy semifinals last week. <laughs> so, it's just uh, – use him every time. The the Saints are – you know, Sean Payton, he, he understands, right? We have Michael Thomas and Drew Breeze, and we have Alvin Kamara, and we, we're going to get them the ball, <laughs> you know, over and over and over and over again. And you just think – more coaches would just get their best players the balls more, and the Saints actually understand that, and Drew Brees gets it. 
Um, it's, it's mind blowing that that is still an edge in the NFL that you <laughs> just can't get your best player of the football as many times as possible. And the Saints have, have, have figured that out. Um, you want to talk about Amari Cooper and I, I would have loved this because right, uh, I saw some things on Twitter too, right? Hit the, the lineup of cornerbacks he's been facing this year is insane. Now he gets to go against the Eagles, which is like the most cupcake matchup at all. This Dak shoulder injury is a little concerning. I got to see how that plays out. But, um, you know, if all things are go for Dak, uh, you know, on a Sunday morning report or something like that, I can, I, I'm all in on Amari this week. Yeah, is you know it, ownership might be a little off of him. He's averaged under ten points over his last five games. He hasn't topped hundred yards since week ten. People might be scared off a little bit, but man, this Philadelphia defense. We've seen you know last year he had what was it two hundred thirty yards and three touchdowns against them. He this defense has allowed the most points to outside receivers three years in a row. Amari Cooper is going to take advantage of that thing. Dak Prescott's injury is the only concern, I, and that doesn't concern me much. I think he's going to be fine. Uh, another guy I like is Keenan Allen, uh, 6,300. I think that price is probably uh, a couple hundred too low. He's just, he's very consistent. And I know Mike Williams is getting some hype. Um, but, you know, Phillip Rivers, he's still going to throw the ball. He produces just about every single week. He hasn't, Allen hasn't shown the huge ceiling that I, I think we really want out of our receivers. But I think somewhere inside of him, the uh, the ceiling, it's just waiting to burst out. Maybe it happens this week against Oakland, who's basically just going to be giving up on the season. Um, you know, I, I guess I would expect Oakland to probably do that more than like the uh, the San Diego offense. I still expect them to, to try to prove they have some some, you know, good talent out there. Five straight San Diego, w- huh? Yeah. Oh, geez, the the Chargers. Yeah, what, what are they? they're, they're whatever team comes into uh, Los Angeles Chargers because they're, the, the stadium just gets taken over. But uh, I like Allen. I just think sixty three hundred is a little too cheap, and maybe more of a cash game play because he doesn't yeah. he isn't posted that huge ceiling. Like I said, I think it's still there. Um, but if you're just you know if you're looking in that range for the for the last guy or last guy or two in your cash game, I, I think I'm gonna get on board, Mister uh, Mister Keenan. Yeah, I love him as a cash option. I'm right with you on that. Uh, a couple value plays. We actually, I didn't even realize this. Uh, we both wanted to talk about Steven Sims. Uh, this is what it's come to if we're, if we're looking for cheap plays. I think we could play Greg Ward uh, as well here. What do you have for me on Sims? Well, it's just out of nowhere. He has 18 targets the last two weeks. That includes 11 last week. 14 million targets in that time. I mean, it's there's nobody, you know, Trey Quinn's on IR now. Paul Richardson's on IR now. They don't have any tight ends. They don't have, you know, Chris Thompson's not doing anything in the passing game. So it's Terry McLaurin and it's Steven Sims somehow. And at the price tag he is, which is essentially zero, you, you can't go wrong. Yeah, and I think you can go back. I, I don't think uh, Nelson Aguilar is going to be back in play for Philadelphia. And if we like the Cowboys offense to score some points, they're going to have to pass the ball on the Eagles side as well. And uh, you got Greg Ward uh, probably looking, you know, to possibly repeat his performance from last week uh, if you're looking for a couple of value plays. Uh, you want to get a little bit off the board in value. You got another one. You got a Lions receiver. So uh, let's talk about uh, Danny Amendola. Yeah. Well, David Blouse had three starts. And in those starts, Amendola has 29 targets. Kenny Galladay has 20. No other Lion has more than 12. And no other active Lion has more than 10. Blau has had eyes for those two guys and nobody else. And Amendola has done more with them other than that one quarter that Galladay had uh, on Thanksgiving. And um, Galladay is likely to see a lot of Chris Harris Jr. this week. So I just, I expect Danny Amendola to have, at the very least, a whole lot of targets and a whole lot of receptions. Maybe his yardage isn't high because he's just not a big yardage guy, but I think there's a lot of upside there as far as the uh, receptions go. All right. Uh, I want to talk uh, Terry McLaurin. I meant, you know, I like the over. I talked Dan- Daniel Jones. I talked Saquon Barkley. 
Uh, now I'm going to talk Terry McLaurin. He's the clear number one wide receiver out there. Haskins looks like he's starting to get a, a connection back with him again. The Giants' fourth worst pass coverage grade as a team, seventh highest expected points added as a defense on pass plays. They just let Janoris Jenkins go. He's actually been good this year, so who knows what the this team's going to look like in the secondary now. Uh, McLaurin looks like uh, he, he's he's primed to, to score this uh, a deep touchdown, uh, maybe catch you know six, seven passes along the way this week. So I think McLaurin um, – what would you rather have? I think McLaurin – is right around that Keenan Allen price range. It might be 6K instead of 6,300. McLaurin or Keenan Allen on a cash team? I think it's very clear who you want to turn. Cash team, I want Allen. Tournament, I want McLaurin. Yeah, let me see here. Let me make sure I have these prices correct. I always like to double check. Yeah, McLaurin is. Yep, $100 difference. Yeah, $100 difference. So I think it's pretty clear. Allen. I don't know. You can convince me to play Terry McLaurin in a cash game this week. I yeah, think- I mean, I don't think it's I don't think it's huge either way. But I think if I'm leaning, it's one it's Allen for cash McLaurin for tournament. But I wouldn't fault anybody who argued with me on that one. All right, uh, bring the fire. You got a couple of duds here, and these have been some very very popular DFS plays over the past couple yeah. of weeks. Well, Devontae Parker, he's he's actually skyrocketed in price now. He's up to the sixth highest price wide receiver. A lot of that's because a lot of the big receivers are off this slate. But regardless, that's an expensive receiver for him to hit three x scoring. He's got to get to twenty points. The only two receivers have hit twenty points against the Bengals all year long. There was that Cooper Cup two hundred twenty yard game in week eight, and then there's uh, Debo Samuel in week two, and that's it. The Bengals have not allowed a lot of points to receivers. So I just I don't think there's a lot of upside to Parker this week uh, and then DJ Moore was it the quarterback situation got you feeling a little uh, vomiting in your mouth that's that's most of it it's just there's I just worry how much upside there is with Greer and I worry I think you know maybe this is just me buying into that sort of narrative but I feel like if he is going to pass it a lot it's going to be mostly to McCaffrey and Greg Olson and I don't I worry about the the more insane part of things so it's 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 more fear than anything else but it, the fear is there all right tight end Saturday slate I have pulled up our projected ownership. Take a guess. George Kittle early. This is the algorithm taking over, right? There's no human interaction. Guess George Kittle's ownership for the three games. Good for 70. 60. Uh, so that's 60% right now, which I think is probably a smidge too high because I think a couple of the other guys are going to gain some steam, namely, especially Higby if Everett gets ruled out or um, you know Higby's going to retain a starting role. Uh, but what are we doing at, at this position? You know, Kittle, Higby combined eating up about 65% of the ownership on, or actually wait, 75% of the ownership on the early run. Yeah, I just, I don't, I mean, you can't use a Patriots tight end because they've done nothing. Matt Lacoste is getting two points a game. Benjamin Watson won. There's nothing there. Dawson Knox has not done much for Buffalo. Darren Fells had that big hot stretch for a while, but he hasn't topped two receptions in 24 yards since week eight. Jordan Akins has done even less. You know, the, we we may see or OJ Howard pop with all these injuries in Tampa Bay, but I just unless you're using OJ Howard, I don't know how you can go away from the Higby Kittle combo or Everett if he's back. I just I, otherwise it's just throwing a dart and hoping, and I don't love doing that. Yeah, I think I would. There's four tight ends I would play on the slate. It would be Kittle, uh, it would be Higby. I would not mess with Everett even if he plays, and I think either one of the Tampa Bay tight ends is certainly yeah. viable. I think Howard and or Brait got seven targets last week. Yeah, you know, everyone knows OJ Howard revival. It's our final week in best ball, right? We're gonna recoup all of our losses all season long on OJ Howard. Um, and we're gonna get it in DFS this week. But if you're looking to get different, don't be afraid to play Breit. He's five hundred cheaper than Howard, and he, he could easily see more targets than than, than Howard this week. So uh, let's go to the main slate. Uh, I'll let you talk about Zach Ertz. 
Uh, are you concerned that because there's basically no receiving options, you know, Miles Sanders is probably the best non-tight end receiver, I think. I think Ward's a little overhyped. Um, he had that late touchdown last week, too, that, that sort of sort of got him there. Are you concerned the Cowboys might just, you know, double, triple coverage Ertz all game long and maybe that slows them down? There's just nobody less left in this Philadelphia passing game. I mean, that hasn't stopped in the last few weeks. I don't know why it would start sure. now. You know, since, since uh, well, since week nine, he has nine more targets than any other tight end, 18 more targets than the third-place tight end, and he had his bye in that stretch. It's just, you know, he was, he was a little disappointing early in the year, and that has absolutely evaporated. He's getting a monster workload. There's no reason why it won't continue. And, yes, maybe they double-triple team him, but I think you take that risk. All right, so I've seen – these charts on the internet, uh, they're called, a, they're called a flow chart. Um, you know, or you can see graphs like when should you play a tight end? Uh, you know, it's always against Arizona. We've got Jacob Hollister. He's coming in at 4,200 and he's not even like a scrub, you know, getting eight, six, three, four targets, you know, over his past four games, um, you know, hasn't gotten in the end zone recently. I mean, if Ricky seals Jones, right. Can get two touchdowns against Arizona. I like what is Jacob Hollister going to have to do? I like Russell Wilson. I think there's a lot of ways to play the Seattle offense this week. Yeah, I, I mean it's, it's the flow chart. I, I, Hollister's going to be an interesting play. The only downside is the flow chart is no secret and everybody knows it. So we've got the the chalk play at tight end looks like it's going to be Austin Hooper, right? We've got Kelvin Ridley out. We've got uh, a Jacksonville team that I thought had given up on the season, but now there's like the late season. We just fired Tom Coughlin revival and everyone's going to try real hard for the coach or to, you know, put some good tape out there. Um, He's looking really popular and uh, you you can look at a lot of statistics against Jacksonville tight ends. They're really bad at covering them. Uh, what are we doing with Hooper? Just really hasn't done anything since he's come back from injury. Yeah, that's my worry. Is he's you know he he was absolutely on fire before he got injured, but since he's come back, he has five receptions for fifty two yards over two games, and I'm just not seeing it right now. I think this is going to be a big Devonte Freeman game. I think Julio Jones will keep producing. I don't want a lot of Hooper this week. Maybe I'm crazy. Yeah, I'll, this is something I'm going to have to reevaluate. I mean, you got Hunter Henry who's just disappeared from the Chargers offense. I don't think that's going to keep that way I think he's slightly interesting you've got Ertz and Waller and Andrews and Jared Cook I think you can there's there's quite a few tight ends I think you can play this week but uh yeah Hooper looks like he's going to be really chalky I've been doing my series all year long on like the the large field tournaments if there's ever like an extremely overweight owned tight end that's basically an automatic fade now it's not worked every time you've played against Tyler Higby in the past couple of weeks, but in theory, you should really be fading those type of super high owned tight ends. They just usually don't get there unless their name's Tyler Higby. Uh, one other guy I wanted to point out is Mike Gusecki. You liked Ryan Fitzpatrick and Gusecki, right? We just want a couple, if you get like four or five targets for a tight end, right? You're in play. He's got at least seven targets in three of his last four games. That does it for me. It's against Cincinnati. You mentioned they're not allowing. Teams don't pass against them, but let's be real. It's because they're getting, you know, beat every single game and teams can just run on them at will. Um, You know, Patrick Layard, Miles Gaskin, are these guys really going to run all over Cincinnati? Eh, Maybe not. I think it's going to be a Ryan Fitzpatrick show, and I think Gusecki is is perfectly viable. 3,600 saves you a couple bucks off the the higher owned options. Uh, I'm assuming you can get on board with yeah, he's a little interesting. Uh, he's he's very touchdown or bust. He's only topped 51 yards twice all year. But if he can get into the end zone, he's definitely worth it. All right, uh, let's get out of here. Give me uh, Talk to me on Jared Cook. Give me a value play, and we'll get on out of here. 
right. a cook a cook I like just he had nine point four points last week, which is not bad. It's not great, but it's also his lowest points turning from injury. He's top ten every other game since then. That's he's he's you know he was disappointing early in the year with Teddy Bridgewater, but man, since he and Breeze have been together, it's been more than fine. Hmm. And then I'm a little interested in Caden Smith. Now, now that we know Evan Ingram's done, he's not coming back. Smith is averaging uh, five and a half targets over his last four games. And Washington has allowed double-digit points to the tight end position every game since they're by. Smith's the only game in town for the Giants. He, he interests me. Yeah, Cook, I mean, you get you get nine fantasy points in a game as a tight end. You know, you're crushing it in, in DFS in, 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 in this day and age. So I, I like Cook very consistent until that last game. And at 5,000, uh, looks like he has a pretty strong connection. It's, it's Michael Thomas, it's Cook. And it's uh, the running backs uh, in that in that totem pole uh, of targets for Drew Brees, and it's just a, a really concentrated offense. So I can certainly get behind him. Uh, all right, I think that's going to do it. We'll uh, we'll round out one last week. We're going to be talking about players next week that you probably haven't even heard of all season. So yeah. week se- week seventeen DFS is always fun. Uh, there's a lot to pay attention to in terms of team sitting, and we'll have a really fun show last week. I don't. Daniel might not make it. We might have a, uh, a guest appearance from the, uh, the that other guy at PFF that uh, you know used to do the show. We'll have to see how that plays out. But, hey, Daniel, if this was the last show you do with me this year, buddy, I've had fun. And if you come back next week, let's, uh, let's, go, out with a, let's go out with a bang. So uh, thanks to everyone for watching this week. Uh, hopefully you guys have fun on Saturday, uh, a really nice slate of games uh, everywhere out there. And I think Saturday, if you're a tournament player, and that Tampa Bay game just doesn't really go to script, you can really get an advantage if you try to try to get some leverage off of that game elsewhere. So uh, we're going to get out of here. It's late. Daniel, we're going to bed. Uh, I'm Britt, and we got you. <laughs>